What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Glad that you're with me today, uh, wherever you are, whatever time it is. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. Also, share this podcast if it encourages and inspires you. Uh, Today, I want to talk about something that um, I've always been fascinated when people say this to me. Um, I've been walking with Christ for a while. Uh, I'm still growing and developing and trying to constantly add depth to my relationship with Jesus. And I'm not a perfect person by any means. But one of the funny things that I hear a lot of time amongst uh, people who profess to be Christians are that they say, I'm a good person. And so I kind of want to explore that a little bit and give some encouragement to those who live by the principle of I'm a good person as uh, as it pertains to like what it really means to actually be a Christian. And I think a lot of times we get that confused um, with the whole good person theory, as I like to call it. And so I want to dive into that and go into, you know, what that really means. So, um, you know, we're all in different places in life. We're all in different stages in our relationship with Christ. Right. You know, I came to Christ when I was 10. Somebody may have just came to Christ yesterday or, you you know, the verdict still may be out on Christianity. And I can understand that. And one of the things that I always kind of concerns me when I hear is when someone says, hey, I do believe there's a higher power. Um, but I, I just focus in on being a good person. And so uh, one of the main questions I always ask people is, how do you believe in God without acknowledging him? You know, if you, you know are a believer in in jesus christ and you are a believer in god why not acknowledge him you know um you know being a good person because we think that we you know qualify our way into heaven or you know you think believing is hell insurance is one thing uh but you know when people don't acknowledge god but they profess to be christians i always think man i wonder if they've been um articulate the gospel properly right and so one of the one of the kind of examples i have with that when people like i believe in a higher power is that's like you as a kid if you had to ask permission to do something instead of saying i'm going to go ask my parents you go i'm going to ask the adults in my house like if it's a if he is a higher power to you then he should at least have a name right we know that god is almighty we know that god is all powerful but it's one thing when you simply don't even acknowledge him for who he is our creator our savior our redeemer you know and i'm saying this respectfully because i know that people are in different places but um one of the things that when people are you know trying to figure it out i would say or they are professing the good person theory I don't think that they understand a lot of times that God makes it clear specifically what he wants his believers to do. And that's to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Right. If you're a Christian. So um, what does that mean? And I just want to break down two scriptures that are, are extremely important. They're both in Matthew and every single person who professes Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior should know this. Okay. And I want to start off by saying I apologize if you haven't heard this before. 
I think churches, which mean when I say churches, I don't mean a specific church. I mean, we as the body of Christ, the people of Christ don't do a great job of discipling people. All right. And we'll get into that as we progress along. But two verses, uh, excuse me, two passages of scripture that I want to read to you that all Christians, all people who profess that they are followers of Jesus Christ should know. Okay. And you should know these scriptures before you ever decide to submit your life to Jesus Christ. All right. Excuse me. The first one is Matthew 22, 36 through 40. And it is the great commandment. Okay. So listen in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. A gentleman asked Jesus teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, so this is Jesus directly speaking. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Okay, so that's the great commandment okay or the great commandments and that's matthew 22 36 through 40. the second is the great commission so this particular um passage of scripture was spoken after jesus resurrected okay and this is directly what he said to his disciples all right this is what we're commissioned to do as believers in christ right not the good person but this is specifically a command and a commission of what god calls us to do um, so Jesus has reappeared to his disciples and the scripture reads as follows: when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Okay, so you've just heard me read the great commandment and the great commission. Okay, um, Jesus made a once and for all sacrifice for all of our sins. Right. And so the, these passages of scripture are very clear about how we are to live our lives. And if you look at both of these scriptures, they don't just deal with who we are as a person. They deal with people who are considered our neighbors, right? Our neighbors in the Bible are whoever inhabits earth with us. Okay. So we are to treat people with kindness, with love, respect, to be generous. And we're most important as believers and followers of Christ. We are the reflection of God to other people. Okay. God doesn't call us to be perfect. He calls us to submit our lives to him and to follow him. And so back into, you know, a lot of times people try to qualify themselves as I'm a good person. Well, let's ask the tough question here. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a good person? And where did you get that from the Bible? And I know the Bible talks a lot about kindness and loving your neighbor. But what are specifically the quali qualifications that make you a quote unquote good person? And I think when we dive into that theory and that kind of watered down or, or misrepresentation of what God actually called us to do, it makes us dismissive of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, right? God didn't die 
um, so that we can just be good, right? He died so that when we submit our lives to him, when we lay our lives at Christ's feet and say, God, I will follow you no matter what. I'll believe in you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and that we will treat love our neighbors as I love myself. What we are saying in that moment in time is that we are by faith, right? Because we have to come to Jesus by faith. That means that we are reflected to God through Jesus. Okay. And I'll get into that a little bit later, but we have to realize that God's grace covers the spread. Okay, so once we submit our lives to Christ, God sees us through the lens of Jesus. He sees us through Jesus' perfect life. He sees us through uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for all sins, not some sins, not past sins, uh, not future sins, but all sins. And that's something we have to grasp and wrap our mind around. Okay, so God's grace covers the spread. And then we have access to salvation through faith through faith in jesus christ not through our deeds now our deeds those good things that we do come once we begin to add depth to our relationship with christ the more we understand about jesus the more we pray the more we are in good sound biblical community those actions will follow now i know that if you've grown up in super super religious and churchy places a lot of times people try to preach that deeds are what get you to heaven, right? You got to do this. You got to wear that. You can't say this. You can't drink that. And so often we misrepresent what Jesus is telling us to do, right? And we have to be careful with that as believers because so often it will reinforce um, that we are not qualified, the only thing that qualifies us for salvation is our faith in God. That's it, right? God doesn't say you have to come to me when you have it all together. You have to come to me when you stop fornicating. You have to come to me when you stop drinking, when you stop stealing, when you stop doing this, then I'll love you. No, no, no. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus loves us unconditionally. There's nothing that we can do or nothing that we have done that affects his love for us is unconditional so be encouraged in that and when you focus your life so much on being a good person you actually dismiss jesus sacrifice for all sins right and jesus is very clear about what he commands us to do right to love him with everything right to love our neighbor as ourselves and most important in this is to go make disciples because once we encounter jesus once we know jesus for ourselves it's hard to keep that to yourself a savior a risen savior and how do you keep that to yourself okay and so um as we continue to move along uh, i want people to understand that when we decide to believe in jesus christ it's not just a verbal thing Right. We have a lot of verbal Christians out there. They just openly say it. And a lot of times people say um, and they profess Christianity because they want hell insurance. Right. I don't want to go to hell. Right. But the reality of it is, is we have to understand that God knows our heart. God knows if you truly believe in him or not. 
God knows if you're just saying it because you don't want to be ridiculed or you feel like, well, I got to be a Christian because my grandma was a Christian or my dad was a Christian. And here's the thing. You have to come to Christ on your own. You know, you can hear great messages. You can be around great people. But the reality of it is, is that no person on earth can determine your status with Jesus Christ. And no person can determine your status of eternity, you know, and that's why God, you know, constantly tells us not to judge anyone. No human being living or dead has a heaven or a hell to throw someone in. So regardless of your sin, regardless of where you are in life, we don't have an eternity to put you in. But our Lord and Savior Jesus does. All right. Or God does. And so I want you to understand that. Um, we're all going to be judged for how we lived our lives. We are all held accountable for what we understand. And my heart for all people is that they come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Okay. Now, we as the body of Christ, as the people, do a really, really bang up job of articulating the gospel to people. A lot of times, uh, church people tend to articulate uh, judgment. They articulate qualifications. They articulate um, definitely not unity amongst amongst people. And we have to understand that as believers, okay, as believers, we are called to certain things. We are not of this world. When you are heir to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and you are heir to the kingdom of God, you just can't go off and do whatever you want to do or decide to be a christian when you decide to be a christian now i'm not saying that we will go through life absence of sin okay that's impossible we are humans we are flawed by nature but we must understand that the bible calls us to do certain things and so as a believer one of the things that i always try to encourage people with and especially people who are say you know, I'm a good person or I, I, I try to do good by everybody is I ask people simply, do you know what the Bible says about you? Do you know that in Ephesians 2.10 that God actually calls you his workmanship, right? We were designed to worship and give praise to God, right? We weren't designed to serve ourselves, all right? And so I looked at some interesting things and it's funny to me how many people who um, profess faith don't read the Bible, right? Uh, I looked up recently uh, a, a while ago that only 11% of Christians have read the Bible cover to cover, right? Um, I can <laughs> gladly admit to you I'm part of that 89% that hasn't read the Bible cover to cover. I've read all of the New Testament. I'm definitely working on reading uh, the Old Testament. And it's not about like qualifying, but it's just if I say I believe in God, then I'm going to invest time. I'm going to, in, in you know, get the necessary uh, tools and resources so that I can understand God to the highest capability that I can. OK. And so when we think about access to the Bible, you know, there's apps on phones. There's so many different translations and and, uh, you know, pick one that works for you. Right. So I, I did some research. Um, the Bible itself 
has been translated in more than 3,324 languages, including sign language. And that was by the United Bible Society that reported that. Um, it's been translated more than 450 times in English, and it's in over 704 languages. All right. So there's a lot of different stats, but the Bible has been translated over and over again. And you have, you know, word for word Bibles, thought for thought um, Bibles as well. Uh, the NASB, which is the New American Standard Bible, that has been uh, translated or known as the most literal translation of the Bible. And that's actually the version that I read out of. But um, what I want people to get out of this is that if we are going to profess faith in Jesus Christ, understand what God has called you to do. Understand um, why it's so important to know God for yourself. Why it's important to pray why it's important to read your Bible, why it's important to be in sound biblical community. It's okay if you are starting off because we all have to start somewhere. It's okay if you don't even fully understand sometimes what, what you're reading, you know, but the great thing is, is there's a lot of different translations of the Bible. Uh, there's a lot of different broken down Bibles that you can get that are more uh, easy to read as opposed to the King James Version, the thee, the thou, the thou art, right? We don't speak in that uh, language anymore. And so that may be hard for you to read, but you don't need to feel ashamed for where you're at. But I would encourage you, if you do profess as a Christian, to start reading your Bible, start praying, start asking God to reveal himself more to you and take time to really build upon that relationship with him. Okay. Um, it's just not about being a quote unquote good person. Right. And so, um, how I kind of look at that is if, you know, this analogy here, all right. If I told you I was in the NFL, okay. The national football league, I said I was a player in the NFL, but I didn't have a playbook. I did not have a Jersey and I did not show up on Sunday. What would you call me? You will undeniably call me a liar. But if you think about it, how many Christians or how many profession Christians do we know that don't have a Bible? Don't show up on Sunday. Don't do any of the things that someone who understands God, knows God, willingly submits their life to God and pursues God and follows God does. And I know that we're all in different phases in life. But I want to encourage the people who profess themselves as Christians to begin to take that relationship to another level. Okay. Um, pray to God, you know, get in some sound biblical community, share Bible verses and, and share scriptures with other like minded believers. You know, that's a good way to, you know, if, if you feel like the Bible's boring to you. You know, you know, whatever you're reading or whatever you're looking upon, you know, share those scriptures with your friends and, and your family so people can encourage you and people can walk through scripture with you. Um, I encourage every single person um, that hears me to get a study Bible. Um, the Bible is something that we have to be taught how to read. So getting a study Bible 
will allow you to have the Bible in context so you're not left up to your own understanding. Okay. Even now, um, being a Christian for years, I still use the study Bible every single day. Um, I don't want to take scripture out of context. I want to make sure that I understand what God is trying to say to me through scripture. Okay. So, um, being a good person, hmm, it's subjective, right? But God didn't call us to be quote unquote good person. He called us to be disciples. He called us to uh, unify the body of Christ for his glory and his praise. So let's make sure we're doing that. Let's make sure that we are um, adding depth to our relationship with Christ. You know, we can't do anything to earn our salvation outside of having faith in him. And once we have faith in him and we submit our lives to Christ, then we have it all. We win in the end as Christians. And so don't just be a verbal Christian. Go do your research. Go get you a Bible that you can understand. Make sure that you are living in a way that's honoring a God. Notice I didn't say be perfect. God didn't call you to perfection. If he needed you to be perfect, he would have never allowed Jesus to live a perfect life and die and then be resurrected. Okay. God doesn't ask for perfection. He asks for uh, fellowship. He asks for worship. He asks for praise. And so uh, I want to leave you with this uh, because some people feel like, well, I need something to measure where I'm at. Okay, and this isn't about measuring up. This is honestly me trying to encourage you to add depth to your relationship with Christ. All right. Um, one of the things that once we begin to follow God, once we begin to continue to pursue that relationship with him, we start to produce the fruit of the spirit. Okay, so once we submit our lives to Christ, the Holy Spirit is imparted on us constantly. Praise uh, on our behalf walks through life with us, you know, constantly praise to God on our behalf is our, our cover, our God, our shield. All right. So once we continue to go down that path, he actually we actually start to produce the fruit of the spirit. So this is found in Galatians 5, 22 to 22 through 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Imagine that. Now, a lot of people can say, well, doesn't that make you a good person? I guess. But I would like for you to think about it like this. The more you grow, the more you get to know God. The more that you'll walk and follow the spirit, you'll hear his voice clear. You'll be obedient to him. And most important, you'll produce the fruit of the spirit, which will keep you in line with the great commission and the great commandment. All right. Jesus was clear in what he called us to be. We have to understand that um, there's nothing that we can do to earn our salvation outside of having faith in him. That's it. And God will guide us. And we have to trust him in that. We have to trust him in every aspect of our life. So stay encouraged. 
Don't give yourself a qualification that doesn't have kingdom purpose. Mm. Don't give yourself a qualification that doesn't have kingdom purpose. Have your faith in Jesus. Go get the tools and the resources and the people around you. Uh, continue to pray alongside me as I continue to pray alongside you. And let's not be good people, but let's be disciples of Jesus Christ. Let's be able to articulate the gospel to those that we encounter so that people have access to salvation, just like you do. So Imperfect Church, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. God keep you. Until next time.